You're listening to episode 2.45 of the Midlife Improvement Project. And on this week's episode, as promised, we will talk about setting some goals for the new year. And it just so happens that I'm chatting with the nutrition coach pharmacist, Amy Wilson, about health, fitness, and nutrition, just in time for you to take advantage of this new year's motivation in the air. Let's go. Welcome to the Midlife Improvement Project, a podcast about what really matters as you negotiate midlife. Some might call this time of life a crisis, but I want to introduce you to the idea that it's an awakening. This is a time to listen to your soul, to find your purpose, to reflect on what you really want to do and be in the days you have left here on planet Earth, and then write your own midlife manifesto. You are not less of yourself on the other side of midlife. You are more. This is a time to be celebrated, not tolerated. I'm your midlife wake-up coach, Dr. Peggy Malone. I'm a healthcare provider turned life coach who helps women in midlife lean into the magic of being a woman as we head into the second half. I help you to decide where you want to go next with this one precious life and really claim all of your big dreams and goals while caring less about what anyone else thinks about it. After all, if someone is gonna be unhappy with your life, it shouldn't be you. I've just passed the milestone of turning 50 and I want to use this podcast as my midlife manifesto. There will be no fading into the background and quietly living out my golden years with the assumption that my best years are behind me over here. I'm just getting started. I invite you to come with me. Listen in each week as I help you to wake up to what's possible for you in midlife as you learn to increase your self-awareness and your confidence, get curious about what got you here, and get clear about where you want to go next on the way to being an even better you. Let's get after it. Well, hello friends and happy new year. Uh, It's 2024. Can you believe it? My husband, John, and I had a lovely holiday time, and I hope that you did too. 2024 is here, and I don't know about you, but I like to take advantage of the possibility in the air and the motivation that I feel at the beginning of a new year to think about and set some goals. I have an amazing guest on today's show that will hopefully help you to start thinking about some health goals for the year. But before we jump into that interview, let's talk about goal setting in general. If you've been listening for a while, you know that this is something that I do every year, and you might have heard me mention in the last episode that I would be talking about a planning session for goals for 2024 in this episode. Since 2018, when the podcast began, you may have heard myself or my friend Jenny, who was my former podcast co-host, share our goals for the year in the format of 18 for 2018, 19 for 2019, 20 for 2020, etc., Now, this is definitely something that I think is a fun way to get some dreams on paper to set some intentions for how you want to spend your time in the coming year. So when it comes to 2024, I'm still working on my list of 24 goals. When I'm recording this, it's Wednesday, January 3rd, and this is going to get into your ears live on Thursday, January uh, 4th. And so I don't want to rush this. It's something I like to work on in the first few days of the year. So once I finish with all of those goals, I'll share them on a future episode for some accountability from you through this coming year. In the meantime, here's what you need to do. After you listen to this episode, if you haven't already made some goals for 2024, I encourage you to take out a piece of paper and make your own list of 24 for 24, because it is my hope that you will be inspired to live in possibility when you are setting your goals. Now, this exercise does not have to be complicated. Just start writing down things that you want to accomplish. They can be as big as going back to school, starting a new business, finding new love, 
Or they can be as small as cleaning out your closet or replacing your socks that have holes in them or actually throw those ones away, replacing your socks or cleaning out a basement closet. The beauty of this exercise is that there's no right answer and you get to decide, which is basically the same thing as it's the right answer for you. So if you aren't sure about what you should write, ask yourself what you want. Just get quiet and then just say it right out loud. What do I want? What do I want to accomplish? Who do I want to be? The first step in achieving anything is deciding that you want to. And then, hint, hint, I recommend writing it down. Now, if you are into personal development at all, and I know that you are because you are listening to this podcast, you will know that there is magic in writing down your goals. The people that do the simple act of putting pen to paper or fingers to keyboard, although I do recommend pen to paper, when they take their dreams and goals out of their heads and put them more concretely into the world by writing them down onto a piece of paper, those people are way more likely to achieve big things. So the goals can be big or small, very ambitious or things you know that you'll accomplish easily. It's up to you how much you want to challenge yourself with your goals this year. So get after your goals. I also encourage you to pick a word for the year. Now this can be any word that inspires you or that you know you want to move toward this year. That word can be a touchstone that you then come back to as a theme that you want to align yourself with through all of 2024. Now as an example, you may remember that my word for 2023 was adventure. And I definitely leaned into all the adventures throughout the year that I turned 50. I intentionally planned an adventure for each month of the year. And we had the big adventure of going away on the epic adventure for my 50th birthday to Australia and New Zealand to go snowboarding back in July. So adventure was my word for the year. I'm still deciding between a couple of options for my 2024 word. And so I will reveal that next episode when I share my goals with you for the year. Okay, you've got some goals homework to do. So get after it, actually write them down. Don't think about it, writing them down is the key. Now let's get to today's interview. Amy Wilson is a board certified geriatric pharmacist, a certified fitness professional, and a certified nutrition coach using the faster way to fat loss platform who is disrupting the diet industry and helping her clients take their health back. Amy's mission is to empower and equip her clients to take charge of their health and find balance in their lives. With over 30 years of experience, Amy specializes in developing individualized health plans that navigate through her clients' individual barriers, allowing them to be successful in their efforts. Amy is passionate about helping people prevent and reverse diseases with nutrition and fitness. Through her personal and professional experience, she has seen firsthand how diet and exercise can change a person's life and how the right nutritional program can be the key to improving their health and fitness. She has seen her clients reverse their pre-diabetes, diabetes, high cholesterol, and more. She is driven to help her clients feel in control of their body and mind while no longer feeling enslaved by their scale. Well, hello, friends. In honor of a brand new year and the momentum that many of you are feeling right now about your physical health, I have invited a guest today who will help get your health on track in all the right ways this year. She and I are going to discuss why nutrition and fitness are the key to a healthier you. I also want to talk with her about helping you to focus on how your body feels and functions rather than chasing the skinny as you navigate this midlife health journey. Let's do this. Amy, welcome to the show. Hey, Dr. Peggy. I am thrilled about having this conversation, especially this time of year. 
You got it. Definitely. All right. So why don't we start off with you telling us a little bit about yourself, your story, and because this is the Midlife Improvement Project, especially your midlife story. Oh, let me see if I can give you the cliff note version. And it's probably going to resonate with most of your midlife listeners, because I think a lot of us Gen X are kind of had the same kind of things. So I started dieting probably early, like everybody else did in my teens and never really thought it was bad. We didn't, we were always told, you know, self magazine, glamour, 17, all these great diets. And, and we didn't think anything of it. We just wanted to be skinny to be accepted. That was the whole thing that we wouldn't be liked. And that kind of set me up for, you know, let's say the yo-yo, the diet roller coaster. I played sports all through high school and danced. And then I went to college and I swore to God, I was not going to gain the freshman 15. No, not happening to me, not doing it. And I worked out, I ended up becoming an aerobic instructor. So I have been teaching fitness since I was about 17, 18. And this was Back in the day, guys, with the big hair, the the leg warmers, the leotards, you know, all the good stuff. And Jane Fonda, who can forget Jane? And I love to exercise. I will probably say I am a cardio bunny back in the day. I've learned better. We can talk about that later. But the problem with that is that I was always trying to out-exercise at that time a bad diet. I would work out. I was a personal trainer. I would train with my clients. I would go work in the pharmacy because I'm a pharmacist. And it was all these things that led up to when I was 29, I blew my back out. Okay. All right. Now what? So I go to my doctor, I have the MRIs, like we have to do back surgery. And he's like, you are an exercise addict. And I'm like, so Okay, how bad is that? It's not smoking, it's not drinking, it's it's not doing drugs. He's like, you don't understand the wear and tear that you're doing to your body. Okay, well, fix me. Seriously, fix me. And he did. And it didn't really resonate with me because you're 20s, you're you're thinking you're invincible. And so I had the back surgery. Six weeks later, I'm teaching again and and working out and 30s come around, things aren't as easy, starting to dabble into nutrition because as a pharmacist, as a nutrition or as a fitness instructor, people are asking me nutritional advice and I needed to get that education. So I went and got tons of different nutrition certifications. It still was in where we were looking at calories in versus calories out, moving your body more. We have done so much in the last five years with knowing better, learning better studies, understanding how the body works, because now fast forward 40s, 45, still teaching. Uh, I was actually a master trainer for a program, still being a pharmacist and hello, perimenopause. And things stop working. And I'm sure everybody's like the same thing. It's like everything I was doing before stopped working. Everything that I used to coach stopped working. I'm getting inches, not just some inches, a lot of inches. I'm having migraines, my joints hurt. And I wasn't really thinking about it being perimenopause, menopause causing those issues. I thought, yeah, the weight gain is definitely menopause because that's where we're just going to throw it there. It's menopause. And But the other stuff, the brain fog, I wasn't really thinking that it was what I was eating. 
I was just thinking, okay, something else is going on. This must be midlife. Throw your hands up in the air. Okay, this is what it is. But I wasn't willing to do that. Wasn't willing to stop and say, I don't want to live in leggings the rest of my life. I don't want to feel fluffy. I know there's something else going on. And my A1C was going up. What? What? And I knew I that ran in my family, but I thought, I'm healthy. I'm eating, quote unquote, clean, healthy foods. Why? is my pre why am I being pre-diabetic? And I watched some friends who were doing a program called Fast Way to Fat Loss. And, you know, I'm like, pharmacist, I should know what to do. I've been in the fitness industry since I was 18. I had to have all these other certifications under my belt. Why is nothing working for me? We don't know what we don't know. And <laughs> I'll be honest. I was like, you know, I should know everything. I should. And it just wasn't, it just, nothing was clicking. And I won the easy button. I tried keto. I tried the shakes. I tried every fad that was going on in 2019 and it would work for a hot minute and then not. And everybody knows how frustrating that is when it works for a second and then you're right back where you started or even worse, you're even further back. It's like, I always say, you know, you gain weight and it brought friends to the party. Great. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. And so I was watching these friends who were also in fitness instructors and they looked great. Not only that, when I talked to them, they felt great. They never felt better. And they were eating all this food. And I'm like, how are you eating this much and losing? And I'm like, you know what? I'm throwing a Hail Mary pass. I am going to sign up for this, expect absolutely nothing because it's not going to work. I know it's not going to work. I've tried everything. How could it work? And thought, you know what? If what was working, I wouldn't be here. And let me dive in. Let me jump in. Let me do all the things, even though I think I know everything. And it was mind-blowing. And the beliefs that I had were wrong. The things that we've been told since we were 16 are wrong. And why, oh, why, oh, why, who I am a such a scientific person believed all the fads when there was no really scientific evidence to prove it and started diving into hormones, started diving into the science how our bodies work, the chemical reactions that work and being like, OMG, this is life-changing. And I knew me as a fitness instructor, having issues, working out, overworking out, being a exercise addict, because I was diagnosed as that and knowing midlife, because we always think that we are destined to this. And I knew other women were going through the same thing and just frustrated and feeling defeated and feeling like a failure. And I'm like, you know what? No, no, mm -mm. we are not going to do that. We are not going to take this lying down. We are not our mother's generation. We want to live life. We want to be energetic, live life with purpose and energy. And yeah, this is, this is our second chapter. And I think this is going to be our best because we're done with the 20 year old kind of stuff that just didn't serve us. And now we have more control and it's just an, an amazing time of life to grow and to learn, even though it's learning some bad 
unlearning some bad habits and learning some new good habits and understanding that, you know what, we can't balance hormones, but we can optimize hormones. And we don't have to be fluffy. We don't have to be overweight or on a journey of disease and aging. We absolutely can stop and reverse. And that's, I guess, the long, short story. Okay. I love it. And I love everything you're saying. And I feel like it probably resonates with a lot of women. It resonates for me for sure. And especially your story of like, I'm a science nerd too. I went to school for a hundred years. I know you did as well. And then you get to this age and you're like, what in the heck? Like I thought I was taught this stuff, but a lot of times in our sort of Western medical model, none of us have been taught the things that are relevant to women as we go through this time of life. So now we're all learning it. And I love that we're all learning it as Gen Xers because we, as you said, and this resonates for me so hard, we're not going to just sit back and take it like our mother's generation did. Mm -hmm. So the next question I have then is let's get into it. What do we do? Amy, what do we do? Tell us. So you mentioned your A1C was going up. So for um, listeners that don't know what A1C is, can you tell us a little bit about prediabetes, A1C, what that is? And I know for sure in my practice, I see patients that come in and they've had their blood work done. Their A1C is going up, their sugars are going up and they've been diagnosed as pre-diabetic. And then their doctors just prescribe them medicine. And often it's like these, all the rage semi-glutide injections that are happening mm. right now. Mm-hmm. These patients don't even consider that there's another alternative because I think they don't know. So let's start there. Tell me what your thoughts are on, on this, on what's happening with our, our blood sugars related to our hormones at midlife and what do we do? Okay. Let's open the can of worms. Cause it's going to, it's going to get juicy. Just saying that. Right, okay. So let's, let's, let's go with what an A1C is. A1C is a snapshot of what your blood sugar has been doing for the past three months. If you go get your blood work done, you might see a glucose level that's at that moment in time. And A1C is going to look back three months and see what was the trend of your glucose. Certain numbers are normal, certain numbers are pre-diabetic, certain numbers are diabetic. So that higher the number goes, the more you go into the pre-diabetes and even higher than that, you go into diabetes. What I hate the most is either, hey, you're on the pre-diabetes side, but let's watch this and see what happens. I get that all the time from from clients. And then my other one is, hey, you're pre-diabetic or diabetic we're going to put you on X, Y, Z and come back and see me in three months and see how you're doing with no conversation, nothing about prevention, nothing about reversing, nothing about nutrition. And I think that's a huge, huge disservice. I know, I know you're in Canada and it might, I don't know if it's the same thing, but in America, there's a pill for everything. And we're, we become a pill society where we're like, oh, well, there's the pill for that. Oh, well, I'll just take this and it will solve all my problems. It doesn't. Every medication has side effects. Every medication has interactions. Every medication is a treatment. It's not a cure. And that's what we have to get out of our heads. I'm a pharmacist who doesn't want you on medication, if at all possible. Does medication have a purpose? Absolutely. And there's some people it's life-saving and you need to be on this certain type of medication. But there are disease states, type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, that we can help with nutrition, with fitness, with 
almost going back to the basics. We don't have to run to the medication first. That medication should be the last resort. And unfortunately, now with all the GLP-1s, glucagon-like peptide 1, which is what Ozempic and Wagovi and Mongero are, I think part of it is, is that Western Med physicians now have something that they can give people when they say, I need to lose weight. And they don't have the time because insurance to sit down and go step-by-step step on what they need to do. And the other thing too, is that a lot of, it just as pharmacists, you know, my nutrition in pharmacy school wasn't much. It was, okay, well, this person requires this many calories to survive. That's pretty much what physicians get too. So they don't have all the macronutrients and all the information and how things work with the body when you take this medic when you take this medication or when you take this food and all the things that you can do to prevent they just see this like oh i finally have something i can help my patient with that they can just go to the pharmacy and fill and it'll be the answer to their prayers but there's so many side effects with that that i really 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 stress this if you don't have to be on the medication the Wagovi, Ozempic, please, please, please try fitness and nutrition first. And what I usually get is like, but I tried everything. And, and I get that because I thought I tried everything too. I tried every diet. I tried every fad diet. I didn't try nutrition. And there is a huge difference. Okay. So maybe this is a lovely segue then. So if I was a client coming to you and I was like, I've tried everything, just like you said, and you say to me, I, I haven't tried nutrition. What does that mean? What do we I need try, to do? Amy, tell what do I need to do? Yeah. Need to do? Okay. So, you know, I'm going to ask some questions. So what have you been eating? And usually I will get, well, I've been eating clean. What does that mean? And well, I'm eating like healthy choice, lean cuisine. Um, I'm doing shakes. That's still processed food. And healthy choice, lean cuisine, Weight Watchers food is still ultra processed foods, has chemicals in it, has additives, has sugar in it. It's not doing you any favors. The other thing that I'll get is, well, um, you know, I'm, I'm having fruits and vegetables and, and I, I'm, I'm staying away from chips, but I still have my sugar or I'm, I'm just having bars all the time. Well, you're not fueling your body. And more than likely, you're not eating enough, which is crazy because we have been told that we have to eat less. And it's not about calories because I'll get that too. It's like, oh, but I'm only eating a thousand to 1200 calories. Well, your body needs more than that. And if you're using getting it from diet food, more than likely your body is not even using it. It's, it's, it's excess. It's not things that you need. And so we'll dive in and say, okay, this is what you've been doing. You thought you were doing the right thing. I went through someone's pantry and everything was healthy, this healthy, this healthy, that, and it was all ultra processed foods. Nothing was real. And they were getting no protein whatsoever. And most of their carbohydrates was coming from either just grains or fruit, which is great. We want grains and fruit, but there's a percentages of what your body needs. And most of us are not getting enough protein. Some of us still think that fat is a bad thing. So we go totally low fat or fat free, which is all chemicals. And so it's diving down to get back to the basics to say, hey, you need this much protein. You need this much fat. You need this much carbohydrates. 
and let's get it from the source. Let's get it from the real source, not a bag, a frozen meal. Let's get it from something that is real. And let's also change your definition of what clean eating is. Okay, cool. So it it sounds to me as though like when you're working with your clients, you do an individualized plan based on what they need in terms of their macros, get them Mm -hmm. interested in and curious about and knowledgeable about for that matter, what real food actually is, and then get them going. So if it was like a generalized recommendation for a midlife woman who is listening, do you have like a here's your minimum amount of protein that you should be getting every day as an as a macro? Do you have a definition of what you would describe as real food? So it depends on, of course, it depends on your activity level and it depends on what you are doing and your age and everything else. But it general is around 80 to 90 grams per day of protein. And that's general because some people need a lot more. And, but most people are getting maybe 30 to 40, if that. And so, you know, people are like, well, what about what's protein? What, what, what are you talking about? I'm talking about fish chicken. Yes. Can you have red meat occasionally? Yes. That goes into your protein count too. And that is what you want to be focusing on and, and focus on not just one meal, have protein. If you have 20 to 30 grams of protein at each meal, one, you're spreading it out. So it doesn't seem so daunting and taxing. And two, it's going to make it where you are actually not hungry. You're going to start stabilizing your blood sugar when you start adding, I always say protein, fat, and carbohydrates with each meal. When you start adding those macronutrients, because that's what macronutrients are, protein, fats, and carbohydrates with each meal, it's going to help stabilize your blood sugar. You're not going to have these Betty White moments, like, you know, like the Snickers commercial. You're not going to have that. Oh my gosh, I have a hollow leg, bring me everything. Because when that sugar is balanced, you don't have those cravings anymore. All of a sudden you have this energy that is just, you're like, where did this stuff come from? Well, guess what happens when you start feeding your body real food? Amazing things. You start burning fat, you start building muscle, you start feeling better. We start losing chronic inflammation. The fatigue is gone. It's, it's like the doors open. There are so many things that happen when you start giving your body what it truly, truly needs. So in my experience with my own body and also with some of the clients I work with, it really seems like the the doorway into the Narnia of this amazing place that we're all looking for is this, is the protein and building around protein. Have you found that with your clients? They do because protein is usually the one thing that people have the most struggle with because they're not used to it. And so we do baby steps. And, and because I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of biggest loser, the the show, because they put these people in a ranch, they have this coach and maybe someone who's fueling their bodies and give them all the food that they need, but they're not learning anything and they're overworking out. They're not eating enough. And then they go back to society and they can't sustain because they never learned and they were doing something that was so cray cray that there's no way that they're going to be able to live that life and go to work and have a family and go to a party. They're, they didn't learn anything. So if you start with baby steps and the first week, we call it prep week, and you are just learning how to eat real food again. The second week, we're going to start looking into what your macronutrients are. 
And I always tell people it's progress over perfection. As females, we think that we have to be perfect in order to get results. And that if we're not hitting every box and checking every box off, well, we might as well start over next week or next year because it's just not going to work. But progress does. And what I do is I have people track for a week, even though they have their macronutrients, I want you to track. I want you to see what you do normally. And it's usually very eye-opening that one, not eating enough, and they thought they were. And then two, the lack of protein that they're getting. Yeah, it was and then it's- for me when I started this process because I, yeah. I'm somebody who works out regularly, I play basketball, I do my mm-hmm. old lady gymnastics. And I was getting like maybe 40 or 50 grams of protein. And once I started dialing up the protein, it's like, it's, it's literally like turning on a light, something magic happened. I was like, Oh, I was less sore after my workouts. I had more energy. Mm-hmm. I was more satiated. I didn't have cravings. It was like all the things you're talking about. So this is why I love that you're reiterating this. Cause this is something I've already shared with my listeners and my clients on the regular, like protein is the magic. Let's get after it. Well, and then your body starts changing into the shape that you want. And it has nothing to do with the scale. And I tell everybody, it's like the scale measures your gravity. That's all it's doing. <laughs> Absolutely. It's not, right? It's not measuring how much body fat and how much muscle. And if you lose weight quickly, all those fat diets that they'll say, oh, you're losing body fat. Oh, no, you're not. You might be losing a little bit, but what you're losing is muscle. Muscle is our fountain of youth, period. That is what's going to keep us out of the nursing homes, keep us from falling, keeping us, um, preventing osteoporosis. Muscle is where we in chapter two, 2.0, midlife, whatever you want to call it, that is what we should be training for is to increase our muscle every single day. And in order to do that, you have to feel your body enough to one, keep the muscle and then two, to build the muscle. I love this so much. And I, I want to like kind of dig into it a little bit because I think all of us, especially Gen X women have been conditioned to think that lifting weights will somehow make us bulk up. And we've been all marketed to for our entire lives. And the marketing is we just need to tone. So building muscle sometimes seems like it's like this thing that we want to avoid, but it's actually the magic that will allow us to not only like change our body shape, if that's something that we're focused on, but also, as you said, like grow old and be able to pull in the groceries and not end up in a nursing home. I love this. So tell us a little bit more about how you work with your clients in terms of helping them to get more muscle on their body. What's cool about the platform that I use, it comes with an app. There are new workouts every single day that are programmed by probably the best personal trainers I've ever worked with. I'm a personal trainer. I use their stuff because they look at everything from a three, was it how many days of the year? 365, three, 352, or whatever, how many days of the year there are. 365, 365. So it's programmed for the whole entire year and to get better and better and better. So it doesn't matter when you come in, like if you come in January, if you come in June, but what I love about it is like, I know, and, and not to diss any other programs out there, but I've done them. And it's like, you do the video or whatever's online And you know when there's going to be a joke and you know when they're going to laugh and you know what the next thing is. And it's, it's refreshing to almost not have that anymore and to have a new workout every single day. Here's the caveat is that you don't have to work out for hours and lifting. We do three times a week, cardio twice and active recovery is 
so essential. And let me tell you from somebody who was a exercise addict, active recovery was one of the hardest things for me ever, because I will be honest. I was one of those instructors who told you if you didn't leave it on the floor, it wasn't worth coming. And, you know, it's like, you have to, there should be DNA on the floor every single time you need to push your body. That is so wrong, especially as we get into our midlife is that we need to build muscle. We need to do some cardio. And then we also have to have that active recovery because we need to rebuild. We need to recharge. We need to, we need to rest. And that's hard for a lot of us because once again, we think that we have to eat less and move more or else it doesn't work. And it is lifting at either home or the gym. I, with, with, when COVID hit, I was always, I'm like, you can't work out at home. How can you work out at home? I work out at home now and I love it. It's such a time saver. And it's, it's so, I don't have an excuse. It, I don't have any excuse. I don't have to worry about traffic and I get it when people want to work out the gym, but it is, it is awesome to be able to do it at home or the gym. And that just, it's one more thing to individualize it for my clients. They can choose what they prefer. They just have to show up every day for themselves. That's awesome. I love working out at home as well. We have a little workout room in our basement and my sister mm -hmm. lives only five minutes away. So she comes over twice a week and we do our weights in the basement. And I love it because I don't have to go anywhere. It's the best. Yeah. Um, so you're talking about lifting weights and then you mentioned cardio and active recovery. So for people who aren't familiar with what that means, how do you define what is cardio and how do you define what is active recovery? So I want people to remember that cardio if we cardio cardiovascular is getting that heart rate up midlife women, we have a habit of thinking that everything has to be cray cray that I'm going to do boot camp every single day. I'm going to do hit training, which is high intensity, um, interval training, meaning that we take our heart rate up, take it down. Remember I said, cray cray, keep it all on the floor, DNA. We do that every single day. That's not good for us. That increases our cortisol that breaks our body down. But we still need to do cardiovascular workout. Twice a week is perfect to do that kind of cardiovascular workout. Active recovery is just moving your body. So it could be yoga. It could be walking. It could be swimming. If you have a Peloton, it might be the endurance rides. And it's something that is still getting your heart rate elevated, but not to its maximum, not to where you're going out of breath, where you're kind of like trying to catch that breath. It's a very kind of easy talking pace. If you want to say, if you're, if you're in, could even be a jog. Some people are like, Hey, I jog and it's nothing. Cause I'm normally a runner. It's keeping that talking pace, but it's just something that you're moving your body. Our bodies crave movement. They don't crave to be sitting down. And that doesn't mean that you're doing your 30 minute workout. And then it's like, okay, then I'm on the couch all day, or I'm sitting at my desk all day. You still should be moving. You should still maybe walk every day because our bodies are not meant to sit. And actually we're seeing that sitting is the new smoking. Sitting and being sedentary is causing more issues in our population than cigarette smoking did 10 years ago. Once again, we're fueling disease instead of preventing it. So by just moving our bodies, smart, not cray cray, we can help ourselves and help prevent disease. Okay. I love all of this. And it's, it just reiterates all of the things that I teach all my clients. I love it. Um, as you are aware, this show is called the Midlife Improvement Project. And I like to think of midlife as a time of awakening. So I think this can mean different things for different women, but I'm wondering if you agree first and 
How do you think this relates to the physical and physiological transformation that women are going through in midlife? I think it's awakening because it's a time, and I say this all the time, it's a time where we kind of have a window of opportunity to get it together. And we don't have that younger self anymore. We're done trying to impress everybody. We're now working on the inside. We're doing an inside job. We're now working on, let me say me, us, instead of doing it for a husband or doing it for friends to be accepted. It's now an opening going, you know what? There's some self-assurance there. There's some self-confidence there. May not be all the way there yet, but there is a window that we know that we have to do something and we want to take care of ourselves. We've been taking care of everybody else for years. And now is the time that we're like, you know what? Mm -mm, no, it's, it's me time. And I think that is what midlife brings to us. And if we hear that calling and we hear our body saying, girlfriend, I, I need you. I need you to take care of me. I need you to help and look in the mirror at your future self. Look at the mirror of the older woman that you're going to become. Is she going to look back at you and say, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Or is she going to look back at you and say, you had that window of opportunity and you didn't take it. I want her to come back and say, yeah, we're living our best life because of the things that you set me up for. And that's where I think we have that, that awakening. That's great. I love it. And like tapping into that wisdom of that future version of ourselves, I could feel it when you were talking about it. And I know how powerful that is. That's amazing. I think you touched on this a little bit in your answer just there. But one of the things that I spend time clients with my clients is I remind them that when a woman puts herself first, everyone around her benefits. Mm -hmm. And we've all been conditioned to, as you said, take care of everyone else. And then we leave ourselves to the end. So I really want to empower women, especially in midlife, who've been taking care of everybody else forever, that it's their turn, that they get to put themselves first. So I want to know if you have any specific advice for women about putting themselves first, especially in midlife. This is, and it's hard. It's hard to put yourself first. It's hard to say, I'm going to spend money on me. And whether it's signing up for, for a coaching, whether it's doing a gym membership or something it's hard. It's okay though. And know that it's okay, that you are worth it. And just like you said, when you take care of yourself, you can then, it's like, you can't pour from an empty cup where they say, you know, you have to put on your mask, ox oxygen mask first before everybody else. It's the same thing. And, and I'll get people, but I have my grandkids now, or I have this now, or I have this now. You deserve to be healthy. You deserve to go into midlife being like, here I am, let's bring it. Let's do this. And be okay with spending money on that. It doesn't have to be a lot, but you, sometimes you just can't do it alone and you need that guidance. You need someone to help you because what I call analysis paralysis. Hello, Dr. Google. Let me have, let me go on Google or Instagram and this person's doing this and this person's doing this and this person's doing this and understand that if something's quick and something looks easy, it's probably not healthy. 
especially Ozempic and Wagovi. I'm going to tell you, it's going to age you. And you're probably going to end up in one of my nursing homes very quickly because of that medication, because you're going to lose your muscle. So be nice to yourself, love yourself, and respect yourself enough to know that this is a journey. This is going to be the rest of your life. This is not an end date, start, start date. Actually, it's a start date. You're starting today. The end date is when it's done. It's over. Yeah. And hopefully that's for a long, long, long way. But you know what? Say goodbye to diets. Say goodbye. And that's so free. When you're not dieting anymore or worrying if you can have a cookie or a piece of cake and knowing that's not going to send you over the edge when you're actually feeling your body, it's like that weight just gets lifted off. And you're just like, OMG, how didn't realize how much time and energy I was wasting thinking about what I can't eat or what I should eat or what or this or going to the gym for hours. And you can now can live. And isn't that the best thing ever is that you now can live your life to the fullest? Yeah, as it should be, as it should be. And this is like what you said earlier, like when you can stop chasing skinny and start to focus Mm -hmm. on, I want my body to be strong. I want it to be healthy. I'm doing this for my future version of myself. You also touched on something and I just want to like circle back to it for a second that especially when people are doing the crazy diets that we've all been doing since we were 20. And now these new medications that everybody has sort of jumped on board with that it's stealing muscle. And you sent me a question before this um, recording about how millennials and Gen Xers are ending up in nursing homes. So these are young humans right now, like relatively, do you mean they're already or they will because of, no, they're already tell me more. I feel like this is something that like, maybe it's not nice to hear, but like, if there's Gen X Reality. or millennial women listening right now and they have been in this cycle, like I just want them to have an understanding of what's more important in the next 40 or 50 years. Is it feeling good and functioning well and like being strong and like doing all the things or is it having the skinniest body possible? And those mm-hmm. two things are what we sort of are always talking about. So yeah. carry on. Tell me about the. So, the so let me tell you what we're seeing now and let me tell you what's going to happen with Ozempic and Wagovi. So what we're seeing now is lifestyle. So we're seeing increase in heart disease. We're seeing increase in diabetes. And so with diabetes, you have kidney failure, you have wounds that won't heal. And because of that, you have amputations and we're also seeing increase in strokes. And a lot of this is because of lifestyle because of eating processed foods. And it breaks my, it's one of those things like I'm, I'll do an admission and they have the same year I'm born or it's earlier. Wow. And I just me do a deep dive as to what's going on and nine, 10 minutes out of 10, it's going to be something like diabetes. It's going to be something that was preventable. Now, Let's talk about Wagovi and Ozempic because people are using that as a, we'll say a lifestyle drug to lose 15, 20, 25 pounds. How GLP-1s work is that it will slow down your digestion. That's one way that it works. People aren't hungry. You're nauseated. Maybe you're vomiting, maybe diarrhea. It stops it completely in some people. So that's something that's called gastroparesis. It's not reversible. So that's something that you're going to have to live with the rest of your life and you won't be absorbing nutrition right there is, is a bad thing. It slows down digestion enough that we're thinking maybe colon cancer. The other issue is that you are not feeding your body. Remember we said we have to fuel, you have to have protein. 
Well, if you're not getting it, your body is super smart. It's going to figure out how to survive if you are not going to give it what it needs. It's not going to be from fat. You're losing muscle. And not only are you losing muscle, where do you think it's getting its vitamins and minerals from? Your bones. Bones, yeah. Right? So we're going to see 35, 40, 45, 50, that kind of age group with osteopenia, osteoporosis, sarcopenia, which is muscle wasting, hip fractures that we shouldn't see until your 80s or 90s. And we're going to see all these diseases of age come earlier. But you're like, wait, Amy, there's all these articles that say it helps with cardiovascular disease and it helps with this and it helps with that. Yeah, but what they're looking at is the extreme overweight diabetic patient. And more than likely, they're looking at men, by the way. They're not looking at women. They're looking at men because that's where most of these studies are. Most of all the studies all the time. All the time. They forget us, you know? Hey, (laughs) they forget us. And that is crazy to think that chasing skinny because I want to be skinny that I'm not going to be able to live out my life independent and do everything because I was so determined to get to a certain size or a certain weight that I took this medication and you may have to take it for life because that's what we're seeing is if you go off of it, you gain the weight back plus more. And talk about your psyche. Talk about almost that you're an addiction. It's a, it's a psychological addiction to a medication because you're so afraid of going off of it because you don't want to gain the weight back, but you're, but you're miserable. I was talking to someone last week that said she had a new client that lost 30 pounds, but she can't get off the couch. She wants to get off Ozempic, but is afraid to, because she doesn't want to gain weight. But I'm like, she can't get off the couch. She can't get off the couch. She's exhausted. And she has brain fog and migraines, but she doesn't want to gain the weight back. Now think about that. It's amazing to me how we've been conditioned that our worth is related to us being skinny. And we have an opportunity to, and this is why I love being able to tell people these stories on this podcast, because we have an opportunity to be like, hey, maybe your tummy is a little bit softer than it once was, but can you still all do the things you want to do? Can you still live your life? Do you get to hang out with the people you want to hang out with? And can you just come to some acceptance that if I have a bit of a softer tummy, it's okay. I'm still having a great time in this life. I still get to do all the fun things I want to do. I'm strong. I'm healthy. I'm enjoying life. It's amazing to me that this skinny chase is going to lead to those things that you've just described as terrifying. And I'm as much as it's terrifying, I'm glad you shared it because I hope somebody can hear this story and be like, wait, what's more important here? Skinny is not healthy. Just know that. And they're becoming what's called skinny fat. They're losing their muscle, but they're keeping the fat. That's not healthy. That's visceral fat. That's fat that surrounds your organs, fat that surrounds your heart, that makes your body work harder. That's, that's just not healthy. And to think that that's okay. And to think that's what we want. We're being programmed to be told that's what we want. It's up to us to say, "Mm -mm, no. And yeah, if I'm a little softer, okay, we're not meant to be ripped. It's and to think that, oh, you know, I'm lucky that I do have a little bit of a six pack, but I have a butt and I have a leg and I have legs. It's genetics and my genetics are okay. I'm going to do the best with my genetics I can. 
and be okay with that. Embrace your genetics, make it the best genetics that you are able to do. But if you're able to sleep, if you're able to go on vacation, pick up your luggage and put it over the overhead bin or go to the groceries and you know, you know, no matter what, you're going to bring every single thing in in one trip, yeah. no matter what. And if you're able to hold those groceries because you've been working those biceps in one trip, you know, the door's open. Hallelujah. Yeah, <laughs> right? Okay. I love Training all of this. Training for life. I love all Training of this. Training for life. Yeah. Now you mentioned uh, that you have a free five-day guide around better habits that my listeners can access. How can we direct them to find that? So, yeah, I have a free five-day fat loss blueprint because I know you're going, oh, oh, am I going to do this? And, you know, you sometimes just need a little help and I want to help you get there. And the easiest way, oh, but let me, let me tell you, that. Gonna, but there's more. I'm going to do that. Oh, but there's, there's more. more. Okay. I am all about quick and easy. I'm going to give you two of my recipes that I only give my paying clients. And one of them is a recipe that is chili. And I, if you love chili, but it's just like the Wendy's chili, but better and healthier. Okay. I love that. And Amazing. I love the Wendy's chili. So I want better and healthier. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so you can go, go to the best thing you can do is hit me up on my Instagram. My business is the nutrition coach pharmacist, the nutrition coach pharmacist, and send me a one word midlife and I'll know it was here and I will send you that guide. And it's the, it's the only guide that you can get for listening to this podcast all the way through. If you go to my website, which is amykwilson.com, there's guides there, but it's not a really great guide. This is the good guide. Okay. And you just fantastic. go to nutrition coach pharmacist on Instagram, send me midlife and you'll get all that good stuff. Okay. Amazing. For those of you who are listening, who are interested in that, look in the show notes and I will have that link there as well. And Amy, any final words of wisdom that you want to share? One thing, the one thing that people should take away from our conversation today. One thing is know that things are possible. People always say, what's the secret sauce? And I always say this, you are the secret sauce. It's not impossible. Get that help, tap that energy because you do have the power to change. You have the power to get strong. You have the power to prevent disease because you seriously are the secret sauce. I love it. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing your wisdom. Thanks, Peggy. And that's it for this episode of the Midlife Improvement Project. Thank you so much to my guest today, Amy Wilson, for sharing her story and her expertise that I know is going to be so helpful for so many of you as we kick off 2024. If you get the feeling that I might be your coach, especially as we embark on a brand new year filled with possibility, and you want this to be the year that you finally do that thing that you've always wanted to do, or get after that goal that has always been eluding you, it's time. Let's go. If you are interested in learning more about me and my work and perhaps how we can work together in 2024, especially as you navigate the challenges and adventures of midlife, and you might want to talk to me about how that would work and what's involved, why don't you sign up for a complimentary chat with me at drpeggymalone.com forward slash coach. We can have a conversation about what your goals are for 2024 and what you want to accomplish and how I can help you. Also, I would love it if you would come and say hi on Instagram. You can find me there at Dr. Peggy Malone, and that is where you'll find me discussing my life as a 50-year-old who likes to snowboard, back handspring, and also to encourage women like you to find what is fun and adventurous for you in your midlife. 
As usual, you'll find all of the resources and links that were mentioned today during today's show in the show notes at drpeggymalone.com forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed today's show and you don't want to ever miss an episode, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you usually listen. Until next time, my friends, stay focused and get after it.